This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I'm your host, DJ Spider. DJ Spider! Oh, oh, that's right. I am in the place to be. This podcast is brought to you by the one and only BeatSource. That is correct. BeatSource is the new digital music service for open format DJs. We have got all the heat, all the dope music for your in-person gigs that are starting up, your live streams if you're doing that, your mixes, your radio shows, your routines, everything. There is not a situation where we don't have the music for it and the curated playlist. So go check it out on BeatSource.com. We've also got a lot of new things launching Daily, weekly, monthly, all kinds of things in the pipeline. A lot of really exciting stuff I can't announce now. But something I can announce is that we are now integrated as of this week into Tractor. So if you use Tractor to DJ, you're set. You got BeatSource in there. And we've just launched a bunch of new VIP crates that are curated by some legends out there. Diplo, Dylan Francis, Cuppy from Nigeria, the list goes on. Super dope. Go check out those VIP crates and find out what they're playing, and you can save it right into your DJ software or hardware that supports BeatSource. Um, check out our new African music section. We got a lot going on. So now I want to thank you guys, the listeners, the Beat Sorcerers. Thank you for rocking with us week after week. Um, I love you guys. Thank you. This has been great building this with you. Uh, we are building this community. Feel free, like I always say, hit me with questions, topics, guests you want on there. Find me on Instagram. Seems like the best way we communicate. So at DJ Spider, DJ S P I D E R on Instagram. I'm on Twitch too and all the other platforms. But uh, hit me on there. Let me know what you think. Rate and review us in the Apple Podcast Store. Help us get up those charts it's easy just give me that little five star little review tell us what you think come on help us out um also just a a warning about today's show not a big deal but the first eight minutes of the video so for anyone that's watching on youtube exclusively the eight minutes of video is missing we're gonna have a cool little graphic in there for you but don't worry after a few minutes you will be able to see our pretty faces speaking to you so stay tuned if you're watching on youtube Um, other than that we are available as always on every single platform out there from spotify apple of course beat source um everything stitcher anything you can imagine google all that So today, our special guest that I need to tell you about, uh, we've got someone that knows a lot about BeatSource, about Beatport, and about everything in between. He is the Senior Vice President and GM of the Beatport Group. He is always ahead of the curve and leading the way for Beatport and all the companies associated with it. He's there to help them grow and thrive. Um, Some of the companies included in the Beatport group are Loop Masters, which is really dope. I learn a lot more about it in this podcast and uh, something I'm going to be using. Uh, Plugin Boutique, BeatSource, of course. We discuss everything in this episode from the present to the future plans of how DJs will be getting their music, the ecosystem of Beatport's brands, the ecosystem of dance music and DJing as a whole, um, all the way out to 
um, accepting cryptocurrency. Uh, Beatport is going to be accepting cryptocurrency for payments as well as releasing NFTs, which they've already done. So much cool stuff. This person is so smart and cool. He really understands the artistic side of things as well as the business side of things. Um, and he has a long history before being at Beatport, uh, being at Native Instruments, as well as helping to launch Tractor, um, which is why it was perfect to have him on the show and talk about the integration of Tractor and BeatSource and Beatport, um, and also releasing some crucial DJ hardware um, under the Native Instruments umbrella. Uh, he is also a DJ and producer himself. He has his own record label, promotion company, and more. I had such a great time talking to him. I feel like it could have gone on forever, but uh, it was getting late in Berlin, which is where he was. I didn't want to hold him up too long. So please welcome all the way from Europe, Roman Pouillon, a.k.a. Rome 303. We are here. It is the 20 podcast, and we are honored to have on the show today, Roman Pouillon. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, DJ Spider. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Yeah, thank you for being and, uh, here. Hi. Yeah. And hi, everybody. Welcome to the 20 podcast. Yes, thank you. Thank you for doing the intro with me and welcoming everybody. Um, <laughs> and thank you for taking your time to be here. You're coming to us from Berlin, Germany. So we're on totally different time zones from LA to Berlin. Um, but yeah, thank you for being here. I know you guys have got a lot of football games going on and you have to get back to watching that. <laughs> we can take some time to talk about music and Beatport, Beat Source, and all that stuff. Um, how is uh how's everything where you are in regards to live events and even being able to go watch football games and hang out uh like with covid and all that stuff so um berlin is doing quite well in terms of uh the covid situations uh how you know you have this uh, rate which gives you the number of persons infected by um, 100,000 people and it's pretty, pretty low. So last Friday we had the good news that, um, we would be allowed to do open air, uh, oh. up to 250 p people. Uh, so the club starting to put together events and we are seeing club like DZ force, uh, big club like, um, um, Excuse me, Ritter Butzke, uh, Wilder Renate uh, starting to um, uh, have some opener ongoing. So I think it's a very encouraging step towards uh, indoor events and yeah. then uh, increasing the capacity there. So, so far, so good uh, in, in Germany and particularly in, uh, in Berlin. Oh, that's so great to hear. And I feel like Germany was opening like a year ago. I felt like things were happening and then all of a sudden it went back around the fall yeah we went back to uh, um, moderate slash hard lockdown right but uh, since since one month now it's it's really getting better so I guess the DJ around the world uh, uh, will see more and more requests uh, to play in Berlin hopefully uh, very soon oh that's great to hear and what's the music scene like in Berlin right now the DJ scene and the music scene um, as things are opening back up, what's the, what do you think the vibe is like, um, uh, musically? 
So generally, uh, Berlin is known for uh, its, uh, its, its tech, techno music, techno scene, but uh, in the summer, and particularly with the open air, we're going to see more of the uh, deep house, uh, Afro house vibe, um, particularly when we are next to the, the Spree. So this is river uh, passing through, uh, through Berlin, and there are a lot of events nowadays happening on board. So the, the new strategy... Uh, also, when you didn't, you know, you are doing kind of uh, illegal events. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We are in Germany. Everything has to be on paper and so on. But um, the new tactic is to put the sound system on a boat, uh, get on the bank of the Spree River, and then bang out the sound system. And if the police come or if you have people, too many people, they just leave with the boat, right? So you cannot <laughs> really be caught. And it's a very, very uh smart yeah uh, that's solution genius. i think to throw to, to throw events but it cost, you need you need the boat you need the sound system you need a bit of equipment but i have seen this kind of party and that's uh, um also good to see that you know berlin has always been this open-minded uh, culture towards the sounds and the clubbing and I'm, I'm happy that even the police is not really pursuing them right they, they let they let them do it as long as the covid numbers are are fine here. Yeah. So uh, this summer, music-wise, I think we are, yeah, we are um, into house, deep house, and half house. Of course, you will have some techno parties at night, but during the afternoon and you know opener party, it's rather that kind of sound. Right, that makes sense. Um, and what are there? I mean, there. I know there's a lot of very famous clubs in Berlin. Um, do you have any favorites, or what? What are the clubs that you love out there? Oh, for me, um, I'm really a fan of um, About Blanc, uh, which is uh, not far from uh, Osbadhof, for those who know Berlin. So it's more the southeast of Berlin. Uh, Bergheim, of course. That's a long time now that uh, Bergheim is closed. It might be, you know, it was maybe one of the first closed and it might be the last one to reopen. Right. Uh, we will see. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Zizi Foss as well. Uh, which is also a bit outside on southeast of Berlin, uh, but they have a really nice garden and they have the famous Hammerhalle, which is like a, a mini temple of techno, similar to to Bergheim as well. Oh, that's so that's that's my top three. Nice, that's cool. And um, so, are you? Did you travel to Berlin or end up moving there um, because of uh, your work with? Um, Beatport or maybe your previous job or did you come there also because of music and DJing? I visited Berlin uh, back in 2010 for the first time during the summer. And seeing Berlin during the summer is, uh, is, a, very, is, is, is a very fascinating experience. It has nothing to do with what is Berlin in winter. Oh, really? Um, and, and I like both seasons. Right. The winter one, it's like underground club. You go in a in a basement, right, and mm -hmm. you have the the suite in the dropping from the wall and the roof, and it's it's like dark and um, you know very warm there. And then in the summer, it's more outside, right. So I really enjoy both season. And when I uh, I was based in Brussels, I'm French originally. I think everybody can tell uh, <laughs> given my accent. Uh, so I moved to Brussels and then f 
from Brussels, I started to have, you know, my own uh, events with uh, uh, my crew of DJs, right? We were yeah. five, six DJs organizing that. I was also DJing and producing music. And when I came to Berlin, I was like, yeah, that's really a city where I could see myself being. And in the year following that, I saw an offer. It was a digital uh, job offer, digital ads for native instruments. And they were looking for people with the right brain and the left brain. And for those who know, the, I hope I don't get it wrong. The right brain is more analytical and the left brain is more creative. Right. And I felt that I was matching that and they were looking for some senior product manager for Tractor. So I applied. I was At that time, I was a product manager, but in the construction industry, which has nothing to do uh, with music. And so I applied and uh, I went there in Berlin, present my, uh, you know, what would be my roadmap for Tractor. And it happened that it was perfectly matching uh, the roadmap they had somehow. So I kind of was on the same path or track them than them. So they offered me the job back in 2012. And that's how I moved to, to Berlin. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. And so you ended up at Native Instruments um, working uh, specifically in the tractor department or specifically on that project? Yeah, exactly. So I was um, really, um, you know, the product manager is to talk a bit business is the the bond between all the teams, right? Between the designers, the engineers, and the business side of things. So you make sure that what the customer and what the market wants uh, for a certain product for tractor is uh, reflected and is built so people would use the product and that's what they expect. Of course, you can add more things to that, right? You're not I don't recommend to follow all the customer wishes to have a, also to use your gut feeling of what's going to work. Right. Uh, but uh, it's a key role uh, um, in terms of, it's kind of the engine of the, of the company, the product roadmap. So I was really, really uh, happy to have such a role at, at Tractor. And at that time, during the three years I, I, I was there, we released uh, almost 10 products. Um, wow. We released Tractor DJ on iPad. Uh, so I'm not sure for the BitSource community if a lot of people are using Tractor, but Tractor is the reference for electronic music yeah, here in Europe. Okay. Whereas Serato is the reference for uh, hip-hop, uh, R&B, open format music in uh, in the US, right? Interesting, um, yeah. Tractor, Tractor at the time was the, it's kind of the only software you can find in a booth next to CTJ. You would always have a DJ using Tractor because it's it's reliable, but it's also have this hybrid approach, which is between the production. So you can add the remix sets, they call that. So you can have small samples uh, to your running mix, right? And you can mix up to four decks seamlessly. Right. So it's it has this hybrid approach where you can create as you as you are DJing and performing. And so. Um, where was I going with that? Uh, <laughs> oh, we, you were talking about <laughs> that, that you were um, part of the development of Tractor and Native Instruments yeah. and um, that you... And so, yeah, yeah that's it. I, I'm back on track. So we released a lot of product there. So the Tractor DJ app, but also this gigantic uh, controller uh, called the Tractor Control S8. Right. 
And when I say you don't necessarily follow what the people want, it was one of the first controller, I think maybe the first one, uh, without a drug wheel. Yes, I remember. So we get, we get completely rid of the drug wheel. And that was like a shift, yeah. right? Or in the market, it was like, yeah, we believe in sync. You don't need your grill right. if you play electronic music. And the, the product, I guess, uh, we did a, a whole uh, declination of that. We did the, S4, the S5 and the S8. Uh, and even the D2, which are these two modular uh, big decks you add to the mix, to your mixer, right? Yeah. And those products, uh, the D2 and the S5, that have been discontinued. And the S8 so far is still alive. Uh, so there is a use case for that, but I think we might have been a bit too much uh, in advance on our time on that one. Uh, right. Given that, given that the sync it's still not dynamic, right? We I would love to see uh, the industry on the hardware side. Maybe now DJ Web App we can do it later, where the yeah. sync is dynamically adapting because you have a lot of old tracks which are not made with uh, with a groove box or with a reading machine, right? It's made by humans, yes. and humans are not so regular, which creates a groove. So humans are not so regular as uh, as a machine. But if we would have a dynamic sync, then this product could be totally worth it, and you could you could get rid of the drug waste uh, definitively. I I guess, but you. On the bit side, you still need it for the for the scratch, and the right. way to scratch on the asset is with your two fingers <laughs> really? on the touch strip you have, right? Oh <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. So it doesn't really work for the hip hop guys, that's for sure. Unless they just invent a new style and like do their little. <laughs> <A new> st- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody that could do it. Um, I see this guy DJ Dynamics. He he DJs on those little tiny controllers. And um, it sounds amazing, like he's on turntables, so maybe somebody could flip it somehow. <laughs> but it's cool. It's similar to, I mean, how sometimes people perform and DJ, I guess, from Ableton and use the clip view, and then they can put an Ableton push or something with all the buttons and sync up multiple tracks and, and decide, you know, have their own crossfader on there. Um, but I wonder how could, how could you even make the dynamic sync how would it know if you're using a live track or an older track that's not quantized? Uh, what, what we think we can do is that uh, it has to be pre-analyzed or it could be pre-analyzed uh, where, with the link, the link technology when it delivers a track. Oh. Then the system has to really map it on the fly, right? Um, not live, but before you play the track. And just have an adaptive, adaptive, sorry, bit grid. So that means the space between each uh, bit is not going to be regular. But then when the system would sync that with another bit grid, it would make sure to constantly wrap and move the, you're going to be, you're going to have a bit of a K shift, but you won't really feel it with your ear, right? On the track is a bit wrap and dynamically adjusted. And that's, that's why it takes so much time to make that this experience really seamless, right? So it doesn't change the sound of the track because it's dynamically synced. Right. And I guess that's why it takes more time to come to the market than expected. Yes. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. And on that end... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Oh, oh, just I was just saying that makes sense with, um, like, 
when I was making, I was making a mix in Ableton last night and I was using a song that was, you know, done probably using a grid and quantized. And then I tried to mix in like a Weezer rock song and they were, it was a live drummer and it wouldn't go. And so I had to take the Ableton, um, warping and click every single kick snare guitar and sync them up to every single one and ableton couldn't even do it itself you know and i had to do it by visual and then by hearing but it would be amazing if the program could learn it i guess by look at the frequencies of the you know try to learn what the frequencies are and what the waveforms look like and then be able to put it together as best as possible and sync it to the other one that would be unbelievable exactly so that that's what they are you know this all these uh, dj companies who have uh, research and development they work on that kind of algorithm and there is also another technology which which I think should come uh, very soon. I maybe mix it key, mixing key already had it. I didn't check their latest version, but it put for you the coupons, right? So when there is a chorus, a verse, an intro, it detects a change of sounds yeah. and would map automatically all the coupons. So when you open, you don't even have to prepare your, your tracks anymore, right? Yeah. Already all the key moments in the tracks are mapped and you just need to hit the right path with the right number and say, okay, that's where I want to be there. So that's also something that would uh, make the life of DJ easier, which uh, is one of the mission of BitSource and, and BitPort. Yeah, it's like having a robot assistant that like does all the work for you and then you can check it and make sure, but you have so much less work rather than doing it all. It does everything and then you go, oh, you made a mistake, I'll fix this, but... Uh, that would be incredible if you could have it all put all of the cue points as well as understand the live music grids. I saw mixed in key mention something about that on their latest release, but I've never, I haven't tried it. So I don't know uh, if that's what. Yeah. What I, I think that they might be close from there. They are the mixing key. Have, they have been always at the forefront of that. So yeah. if they are the, if they are implementing it, then the other is going to follow as well. But this automatical, automatically mapping, enfin, automatic mapping of the queue points, it's, it's, it's really nice. Because let's, let's be honest, we, how many time we DJs spend preparing our stuff? Uh, so, finally, when you do the ratio, you perform maybe 5 or 10% of your time. The rest is preparing. I know. And another big part is posting on social media, which <laughs> might take even more time than preparing your set right nowadays. <laughs> it's true. It's it's so true. Um, I know. I'm just starting to get back to DJing gigs in the past month, and you're right. I had I had these four gigs uh, over these two weeks, and each one was just a one hour set. But the amount of time I spent before that one hour set, I spent probably days, you know, hours every night, getting all my new music, organizing, doing cue points, putting them in the crates, you know, downloading new stuff, clearing out the old stuff, uh, getting that all. And then I went and DJed for one hour and it felt like it was one minute. It went by so fast. Um, and then I still haven't done the social media post. So you're right. I need to <laughs> every day <laughs> I'm going, Oh, I need to make the recap and put the picture, put the video. It's too much work. So I need to, uh, I need a robot to help me with that, the social media. <laughs> that. I, I think we, yeah, 
we are trying uh, at Bitport and Bitsource, we're trying to really make the life of the DJ easier. The preparation workflow with Link is, is way, it's becoming way more and more easier. But maybe the next area we would have to tackle is automating posting and social media <laughs> generation right. of stories and stuff like that. Yeah. That might be our next challenge in the next uh, 10 years or five years because it's so prominent in our life nowadays. Uh, it's very difficult to make a career without being on, on social media, honestly. I know. It could like listen to the crowd and be like, oh, everybody's cheering. This seems like a good part. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to record. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't and know. Then, uh, would you like to post or not? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Thank I, you. <laughs> I just recorded your hand. A hundred people had their hands in the air. Would you like to post? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. Yes, you're you're right though. Beatport and Beatsource, um, especially you know the Beatport and Beatsource link, uh, the web app, definitely opened my eyes to how it could make things easier. I mean, I, I've always been a proponent and an advocate and telling everybody about BeatSource Link and Beatport Link and that, you know, it's this, it's a good new thing to incorporate into your DJ set and your technology because you have access to all the stuff and you can DJ from the cloud and offline. But once I started organizing and playing with the web app, it just changed everything. It was so much easier, but also more fun. You know, it wasn't... It's not as fun after a while when you're just clicking on like a website, you start to like kind of like fall asleep or something. But yeah, on the web app, I'm like coming up with ideas and DJing. And at the same time, I'm creating my crates for later. So when I'm done playing and almost just having fun, I did the work, which is the really cool thing. And I'm able to see everything in the way that I'm used to where when I'm at home, just using let's say Serato or whatever DJ app you use, I can have the same setup, you know, and I can go through the tracks. I can go through the 20 playlist from BeatSource and then just put it on, let it auto play. Also the auto play is really good. Yeah. The auto mix. I was yeah, so, right. I was very surprised and impressed by the auto mix at like how it could hear what to do and, and make it kind of go together better than some DJs probably. <laughs> Yeah, we were doing uh, internally we were in the, within the team. We are doing the joke that uh, this automix is better than certain DJ in Berlin. Then yes, you can. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm like, it I'm gonna, really train well. I said, I don't know. This is gonna, you know, you can put this on at a party and just let it go if you want to. Um, but maybe to complete your thoughts on 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 link. Yes, uh, and I think the now the ecosystem is becoming more, more and more complete. Right. And by that, I mean that it's integrated in all the major software. We have Tractor Pro coming up uh, officially next Monday oh, with BitSource so Link and BitBot Link. That's great. Uh, just a note to the audience, um, you won't have the offline locker on Monday, but in the next few weeks, it's going to come. We need a bit more time to finalize that with, uh, with Native Instruments team the tractor team. But what we were trying to do is the, what I call continuity. So on the Bitport side, um, nowadays you have the DJ web app, you have the integration with the software and you have the mobile app. And all of that is linked to your Bitport library, the Bitport link library or BitSource link library. 
So when you are at work, you can put up the auto mix and you are working and then maybe you pick up one or two tracks during that two hours of work. Right. And you go on the train or you commute, you put up the Bitport mobile app, you pick another two or three tracks, you go home and you want to relax and you just play the five, six tracks that you had, right? And you just continue to curate your collection continuously and yeah. seamlessly. So that's really what we tried to do compared to the current workflow uh, for most of the DJs still, which is, okay, I dig through uh, BitSource or BitPort or DJ City, pick up the downloaded tracks, right? Um, then I need to map them, export them to my playlist, to my uh, USB stick, right? Yeah. And then play them. But if I want to change my playlist, I need to redo that again, right? It's not automatic. And uh, right. obviously the last missing part for the link ecosystem after the tractor pro launch would be to have that in the CDJs. Um, similar to the Denon uh, SC6000 right. uh, or 5000. So you just go and log in and you start playing uh, with Link. Uh, we are working closely with Pioneer, so hopefully it's not going to take too long before it comes. Because for me, then the, the for us, Link ecosystem will be complete, fully complete and yes. ready to go in the booth. Right. I can't think of any and other everything. ways. You would have it everywhere in all of the hardware everyone uses, all of the software. And that's the great yeah. thing. Like you said, you can do it anywhere. I mean, that's what I like about other some other music apps I use that I can be in my car and find a song and add it to the playlist. And then I can be home on my desktop. And then I can be in my kitchen and say... Alexa, add this to the playlist. Like it, it's connected everywhere. Yeah. So now, as you keep growing the ecosystem for Beatport and BeatSource Link, it's the same thing. I can start to go through the songs in so many different places. And then, even on the way to the gig. And then, when I get there, like you said, could you imagine if it was inside of the Pioneer itself and you don't even need your computer and you just log in and um, you, put it on? It's amazing. You could. The beauty of it is, uh, ideally, in the few months, we would have another podcast with you and uh, we could say, hey, you know what? I was still curating when people were dancing just before to go and take over, right? Because yeah. I was just tweaking my playlist to the very final minutes with my mobile app. I was still doing that quickly and through another two or three tracks. And then you show up, you, you log in and you start your, your gig where you left off from the mobile app. A few minutes before so you can literally curate your collection up until the late the last minute right yeah that's incredible because i do similar things like even for those gigs i was dry it was a long drive and i remember hearing a couple songs on the way and i went oh i need that song but i had to like screenshot it set a alarm Remember, when I got to the gig, I had to make sure I had it, download if I don't, then find it in my computer, then drag it in. I had to do so many things. And then I forgot, and, it, and then I DJed and went, oh, I forgot to do it. But I could have just pushed one button and then turn it on, and it's right there. It's very true. I can rely to what you say, that the last track 
you add, somehow you don't play them. No, never. That's really strange. It's, it's happened yeah. so often to me. I'm like, yeah, I need to play that one. And I completely I'm like, this is perfect. I'm, this is going <laughs> to go crazy that I put it in. And then the gig ends. And then I'm back in the hotel or my room. I'm like, I didn't play it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I don't know why. It's like amnesia. Like, it, it goes away right when you put it in. Oh, that's so, honestly, it's so exciting to me. I love all of this stuff. You know, I, the whole, the ecosystem, making it easier. This is something that we talked about when A-Track came on the podcast. And it must have been a year ago when he came on. You know, it was a long time ago. It was during the pandemic, you know, in the summer of last year. And he described a lot of the potential and a lot of the things you're talking about. And it wasn't even possible yet. Even the app and Link, I don't even think Link was out, any of that. So it's so cool to see one year later where everything is. And then, like you said, within a few months and by the end of this year to see where things will go is super exciting. Um, and I'm always trying to explain to people about BeatSource Link and BeatPort Link because some people say, I don't want to switch over. But I'm like, you're not switching over. You can use it at the same time. It's just another tool. And then eventually, if you want to fully switch there, it'll make your life easier. But um, it's not like black and white. It's not like yes and no. You can do it in conjunction and with it, you know. Exactly. And uh, I would add that for us, we already have, like, like you mentioned, already have a download library of music right a downloaded library of music which is uh, on their laptop right uh, it's a complementary tool yes but uh, for beginners or for people who are just getting into djing they can start by uh, you know listening to music on the beatport mobile app and maybe they are hardcore fan right they are just super um interested in the new tracks and the exclusive we have on BeatSource and on beatport and then slowly they could be, oh, okay, let, let me try the DJ web app. Because the DJ web app, honestly, I, I showed it to my girlfriend. And now she wants to, to DJ. We DJ together at home. She can handle the, the DJ web app. It's perfect. And she is finding tracks for me, right? Because she is also digging right. now. So she's kind of helping me to, to find new tracks. She has her own playlist. But we exchange our, our findings. So, wow. Um, what I want to say is your your partner could <laughs> could help you to dig stuff and to find tracks because she or he knows you better the best, right? So yeah. it could also contribute. So with this ecosystem, with the link subscription, you can share it and people can just help you to to create um, and to curate your your playlist. So it's the what I want to say is the entry point to DJing are getting uh, easier and easier. And I think for the new generation which never downloaded an MP3. Uh, I, I do believe that uh, BitSource and BitPort are the kind of Spotify for, for DJs, right? If you want to DJ, that's, we, sh we should, uh, we have all the tools uh, to, to cover that use case. That's so true. And, and I see it in my real life. Like my son is eight years old and there's kids in his class that are starting to DJ. And I'll have the dad come up to me and say, I don't understand this. How do I get the music? I have iTunes, but I can't have the songs. And I'm like, 
I know, but you, you know, and he, I'm trying to explain to him and you have to buy this. He goes, I, I have the song. I have Apple music. And I'm like, no, no, that's a, you know, cloud based. You can't put that into your Serato. He's like, but I have Serato. And you know, they get so confused. And then I talked to the kid and I explained to them, I said, sign up for beat source. You know, if you want to play, what kind of music do you want to play? And they're showing me. And I was trying to explain to them like, Cause he's like, I need, to, I'm going to give him money. He's going to buy the tracks. I said, you can sign up for this, have access to everything. He can learn about what he likes. He's eight years old. He doesn't know what he wants to do. So you can have all the tools right there, experiment and practice. And, and then the beauty of like, like he has a little controller, but before that, just the web app, someone can just play with it before with nothing to lose without having to buy anything. And discover their love of DJing potentially, you know, or just a hobby or help their partner pick the songs for their gig that night. <laughs> exactly. And uh, for the parents, they can uh, totally um, control the budget. Yes. Because it's, it's, it's a tenor a month and that's it. And he would have all the music. If he would have to download everything and try it, that would cost way more money. So I, I guess we are really lowering the, bar the barrier to entry to our DJ world and DJ community. So hopefully we're going to see the DJ community uh, growing and, uh, you know, having new ways to play music and uh, new talents. And, you know, I, I don't like to, I don't see that, you know, the DJ community being this small Island and you have to be initiated uh, to get into. So we, I think people of my age, uh, we kind of, learn through our friends and you hang out with other DJ and so on. But uh, nowadays uh, I hope that's, that would be still the case, right? But that the uh, spectrum of people who can join the DJ community is way more diverse. Yeah. Uh, by that, I mean more ladies, uh, more people of color, everybody can access it. And we would have those groups as well coming and adding to the community and having even more and more, I'm excited by uh, what people can bring and make of DJing and maybe bring it to another level. We are talking about the S8 and the hybrid, the hybridation between performance and, and playing. Uh, but there is many other ways that we can't imagine now that the DJ, the DJ could turn into um, over the next year. Who would have said two years ago that we would be doing live streams, right? on Twitch. Nobody. Uh, I never would have thought. And now, <laughs> now it's like everybody knows about it. It's the industry standard. Like, are you streaming? You're on Twitch. But two years ago, I had no idea what Twitch was. Nobody, some people were doing live streams, but it was different. I mean, I remember probably 10 years ago I was doing, um, you stream, but it was way too early and the, nobody had that good of service. And you know, we would get like 30 people watching and be like, we have so much. This is crazy, you know, but that was so long ago. But but I mean, now Twitch is incredible, you know, what what it's bringing. And you're able to connect with so many different DJs here, DJs from all around the world, all different styles and get inspired by them, learn about new music. I'm constantly hearing DJs play things and then I'm adding it uh, to my playlists or for things to listen to or spin. And, and what do you say to the people that say, oh, well, if we share everything, I think a lot of just older DJs say this, but if you share everything and, and make the playlist, then every DJ is going to sound the same. I mean, I don't agree with that, but what do you think of that? 
I think first there is so much music available that uh, it's possible to still have coming up with uh, new gems. Yeah. Also not necessarily in the new releases. I mean, if you dig a bit further yeah. into the stuff of the 2000s and 90s, there is still a lot, a lot of things there, particularly on the electronic music side of things. Um, and I do think that, uh, you know, yes, okay, you're going to have this tape that nobody has, but uh, as soon as you play it to somebody, is able to figure out from where the right. sounds it's coming, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, you are able to really find, okay, oh, he took these old tracks and he pitched it up and then he added this bit. You kind of, as soon as it's played, the cat is out of the bag. What, what do you need to, 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 to keep that as a secret? For me, the best is to that everybody listen to your tape, right? Um, yes. And I think nowadays it's, you can figure out what people are, which tracks has been used with which one, right? So I don't think the, the secret is, uh, has to be so well kept anymore. Yeah. Um, there, there is so much music available that, uh, you should share. You should share what you have put together, honestly. Right. I think that sharing is the new way of all of this, from music production to DJing to all that. And we do come from a culture of maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you would hide what you were playing. You wouldn't show the record. You would keep it because it was hard to go... You would have to fly to Brussels or somewhere and find the vinyl record or the CD yeah. or whatever and have it and nobody else had it and then you saved it for the time of your set. But it's different now. Everybody can can Shazam. They can know what you're doing. They can share things. And I think now is the time, like you said, we're, we break down the barrier to entry. We share it. More and more people will come in and more ideas. And everybody hears things differently even though, yes, we have access, but people are going to hear it differently and put it together differently. And um, what I've noticed is even with people curating the playlist for you, you still are learning about so much new music. Like I know a, a lot about hip hop or Afro beats or things, but when I hear the, the curated playlists that the people are doing on BeatSource or Beatport, I'll go through and say, oh, I didn't know about this song, you know, and then add that to my thing and there's just so much to learn from each other and to share. Like when I did these gigs last week or a couple weeks ago, um, I did them for these TV shows and movies and I made a very specific set. Like one set was all strong women singers, you know, and then one set was all music from Chicago and, uh, you know, from old soul funk music to 70s you know disco party stuff to like chicago house to like chicago hip-hop and um other stuff like that and the cool thing is like i had um actually shout out to vlats uh, the person that uh from beat source and beatport that does he edits our videos and does everything he was there with me with his girlfriend at the end he said she was shazamming all your songs we want to know all the <laughs> stuff you're playing and i said i'm gonna share the playlist with you you know so it's so great to be able to just go here you can literally go dj this yourself now tonight and practice and come up with new ideas if you want i i think people are very um happy or 
have a lot of admiration for the the, the people who curate and the DJ who Me make too. them discover song. They remember, I discovered this track thanks to this DJ. Yeah. And that's right. why I don't think you should keep it for yourself. And you sh you sh people should have the right to play it uh, at will, but they will remember how they discover it. We all attach a certain event in our life to a track, to certain tracks, right? And yeah. the one we discover thanks to a DJ or a curator or a friend, we remember them. We know how we got it. And that's, that's this sentimental attachment to the track that when every time you play it, your memory triggers, right? And said, hey, that's where you had it. And you're happy somehow. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was his friends. It was so nice at this time or during this party or I... Yeah. So I don't think we should keep that as a secret. And also with all the, the possibility to edit a track, right, on Ableton, you can do your own edit of the track and then say, hey, that's the original and the edits. Yeah, okay, the edits, I did it myself. If you want, I give it just to you. So you can still re-edit the tracks uh, in a way and say, yeah, um, this one is a bit exclusive. I put some work there. But you know what? I give it to you and in two months, if it's, if it's still well received, I might release it, right? I might uh, release it as a DJ edit. Yeah. So the possibilities uh, are huge. Do you think that downloading will go away? Like for people to make the edits, um, do you think if if streaming and link and the, that type of technology gets bigger in the DJ world, will you, you know will let's say specifically Beatport or BeatSource, will they still offer downloads years down the line, do you think? Or be so that's a very, very good question. Uh, I'm asking it myself from time to time. <laughs> what I can tell you is the Beatport store has never been so active. Okay. So there is still, um, with, with Beatport Link, we, we are seeing more new DJs, younger DJ adopting Link people using it as a complement to their uh, download, uh, downloaded of MP3 or uh, library. So I would, I would distinguish on the business side of things, there is the download DJ and the streaming DJ. But we also see that streaming DJs are somehow downloading tracks. So why? I think the reason is simple they are afraid that the track disappear. And if you really like a track, you want to make sure you get it in the best quality possible. And that's what Beatport offer. They, they, we offer AI, AIFF, excuse me, and Wave. Uh, so you can have a higher quality than the streaming, right? Because we don't do yet uh, AI fidelity quality. We do 256 AAC, which is a bit superior to a 320 uh, MP3. So it's already a very good quality for, for that. But if you really want the top quality for a huge sound system, you want to download the tracks uh, in uh, AIFF and just have this library of your top of the top, right? Yeah. Tracks and just keep that just in case the label disappeared or the licensing uh, change or it's territory restricted. If you're in France, somehow the label doesn't have a lot happens every yeah, day. Right. Um, so I guess we will still see downloads gonna, it's gonna remain yeah. for, for a while for another few, few years. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
that's not a, going away. That's a good point. I never thought about that. Like that it could just go away, disappear off the streaming service, and then you wouldn't have access to it. So I guess buying it could solve that. Also, people probably buy it to be able to make edits and do their own remixes. Yeah. Um, and also, the cool thing about it, though, is I used to have to buy every single song, no matter what, and on record. Like, so... Even if I was going to DJ at a gig where I didn't like the music, but I was getting paid good. So then I say, okay, I'll go record shopping and I spend a couple hundred dollars on records that I might only play one time. And then when it came to MP, then when records went away, you know, I didn't use them as much, but I was on MP3, like iTunes store or something. I would have to buy a hundred dollars worth of tracks that I might never play again. Um, and a lot of music, like, you know, I used to play in Las Vegas every week. You got to have the newest songs. So I'd always have to buy, you know, get the newest song. So that's why when like DJ city and things like that came out, it was like, Oh yes, we have a record pool finally. Um, but now with, with everything's the streaming and the locker system and link, it's just so much better because you can almost have the tracks that you want to stream with the, almost the disposable tracks that you might play for a month or so, or just the party tracks that nobody cares about a few months and then buy the classic ones that you want to have forever that you love. And also that you want to maybe support the artist more. Um, but, but something cool about the streaming, which I, tr I was trying to explain to people is that it's similar to a Spotify or title or, um, Apple Music, where if the DJ plays the track, the artist is getting a spin, a streaming spin, um, different than if they downloaded it and played it. So in the same way where you buy the song and support them, um, you're supporting them in that respect as well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, to your point is with BitSource, yeah, if you have a, a Greek wedding, and you are not Greek, right? You can just take the playlist, play at the Greek wedding. People's going to ask you a song. You're going to be like, ah, of course I have it. No problem. <laughs> exactly. And then you did your gig, you did your job. Everybody is happy and you can forget about this place, right? And you can really be into, not, not that I have anything against Greek wedding or no, Greek no. music, right? We I'm love Greek weddings. So we're all about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But if you, are, if you don't have that, right, or that love for that, you can still do the job and perform yeah. as, a, as a professional DJ or semi-amateur DJ. Yeah. You can still deliver and deliver a pretty good one. And then what we're going to see is, I think, streaming DJ having still their collection, their best tracks yeah. on, on the hard drive, just in case, right? And... Also, as you mentioned, to support the artist and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, MP3 or Wave DJ, right, would still use the streaming service when he needs to. So I think it's very complementary. That's why, yeah, all in all, not it's not going to disappear. Right. I don't think so. Yeah. That's not so anytime soon. Right. Okay. Good. Good to know. I just had, I was just, I wonder as it, as it goes more into it. And I know it's something that probably a lot of other DJs and producers think about. Um, yeah. And I, I would add the last uh, start is, um, so everywhere in the world, streaming is increasing and downloads is decreasing. Vinyl uh, is still growing. It depends on the year, right? But it's yeah. still very, 
but the the volume of vinyl is so low that it's easy for you know when people to to increase this number um but for the the mp3 where i was going with that um we oh. have seen that uh, that's right the bitport store is is still uh is one of the only platform which is selling uh, mp3 which is still kind of growing or still maintaining we are still growing year on year for the last i would say the last four years or five years now wow um which proves that the djs are still downloading and making sure they get the file um despite the wall i would say the wall consumer market uh leaving the downloads and uh, going to streaming uh, so right. for djs it makes a lot of sense it's almost like mp3s will be the new vinyl in 10 years or something <laughs> you're like i have this Definitely, mp3 yeah. nobody has it i got it 192k vintage um yeah it's gonna be you know it's already like that i have songs that i downloaded from blogs over 15 years ago you know and from hype machine and blogs and soundcloud and different things that nobody has anymore you know or that i got specifically from a big dj that made the edit and just gave it to a few people back then so i guess there are like collectors mp3s now that you would have to know somebody and same with like special acapellas or special instrumentals that other people might not have and recording i mean i recorded thousands of my vinyl records once when serato came out and all that stuff i recorded thousands of records so i guess there'll be a mix as time goes on you'll have your collections of vinyl mp3 and all of your streaming and as the streaming grows you'll be able to do more and more with it mm -hmm. i think we as a dj you have to be open-minded uh I have a big collection of vinyl, a big collection of MP3. Uh, I'm more into AIFF. I don't buy MP3 because I want the best sounds when I'm, I'm on stage. Right. Uh, and then uh, nowadays it's a streaming. But do I try to have all the vinyl I have on streaming? Not really. I just know yeah, my same. vinyl out there. And for some time I take it with me, right? I'm not trying to transfer everything. It's so much work. So I know. No, not I anymore. Just, I, just use, I used to, but not anymore. <laughs> but nowadays, I'm more and more using the streaming somehow. It's super handy. I don't have so much time to put together my set. As I said, it's, it's, uh, it reduces your preparation time to the minimum yeah. possible. And I like using the streaming when I'm streaming, <laughs> if that makes sense. If I'm live streaming and I, want to, and I use BeatSource Link, I can just search through and go, oh, here's some new stuff. You know, like we're just, it's on my stream, it's relaxed. I'm just hanging out with friends watching. And then I can just play some new things and listen to it live with them on the stream or try out new ideas and scratch and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. Um, and so, you know, we keep talking about um, Beatport and Beat Source. Why mm -hmm. do you think there's such a difference? I mean, why do you think that that is needed, um, the separation? And why do, you, why do you think there's such a difference in the culture of beat? I mean, you know, we want to say beat port style DJs, you know, dance DJs and open format beat source style DJs. Um, 
why do you think there's a difference and what do you think the difference is? So th there are differences and I think the way uh, the two communities um, perform is, is, uh, is different. Uh, also, Culturally, right, the clothes you wear, the style you wear is, is a bit different than, than the electronic music DJ. True. Um, I think in terms of technique, so if we go through the different aspects in terms of technique, uh, the bit source DJ would pass way more track per hour yeah. than the techno or house DJ, which tends to be, you know, the, the average length of a track of Beatport is right we have 12 million tracks and we to run the analysis. The average length is right on six minutes. It's six minutes dot point one. It's like if, and if you ask anybody, yeah, I think a techno track is six minutes. Yeah. It's six minutes, honestly. Right. Whereas I think in on hip hop, it's rather three to four minutes. Right. So that's why we have the DJ edits with DJ city to extend the intro and the outro, yeah. which allows you guys to quickly, um, I'm seeing you guys because I'm I'm consider myself less of a hip hop DJ and more of an electronic music yeah. DJ. No, I'll, I'll um, take you guys. I'll be part of, <laughs> I'm part of you guys. <laughs> I'm in the crew. So you uh, the the beat source the DJ community, and not only guys, guys and ladies. By the yes, way, yes, of course, um, everyone. We um, you play way more tracks per hour. You play. Um, in a way, the transition, I guess, are faster uh, with scratch, with a bit of technique there. Uh, whereas what we try to do on the electric, what the DJ tried to do on the electronic music side is seamless mixing. You can't even feel that the track is really mixed. Uh, and you spend the maximum of time because we have all noticed that when two tracks goes together, it creates a, a third track, it creates a new track. So you're trying to keep that energy throughout the set. So um, there is also, I think in terms of diversity, uh, electronic music track. Yeah. It's a kick. It's uh, you know, you don't have so much lyrics, right? So that's why people on Beatport they like to dig and try to find tracks, which are a bit different than the, the main, right. The, the, the I would say the mainstream electronic music track. And yeah. so every DJ try to have a different track. Whereas um, on the open format DJ side of things, uh, you can make the difference uh, with your technique and the way you mix and you layers all of your track. But the tracks are generally classic that people can sing along, right? They, they know, they know the hook. Yeah. They know all of that. So in this way, you make the difference by the, by the, how are you going to blend them? How are you going to, what technique you're going to use in terms of scratching and preparation and out cues and re-editing of the track uh, versus uh, uh, electronic music DJ, which is going to spend hours finding a track that has not been really played or is not really well known and put them together, all these little gems he has found to define his sounds moving forward. And also uh, electronic music DJ is generally a producer as well. Yes. Uh, you can't really make it on the electronic music scene if you are not a producer. Um, this, the, this is very simple, and I think Beatport has a big role to play there, is that the charts on Beatport, 
define for most of define the your value i would say or your booking value on the electronic music scene so if you are in the top 10 of beatport or top 10 techno or in the top 100 you can ask a bigger fee it's kind of define who you are as a producer and a dj it's a barometer i would say a barometer of of the industry and of okay. the booking fee um on the bit sort side uh, it's it's different right i don't think all of the djs or um the stat we have is 70 percent of the dj on beatport are making music or wants to make music which leads us to another topic is it's why we have we have uh, acquired uh, Loop Master with Loop Cloud and Plugin Boutique because these two worlds are very complementary, DJ slash producer. Right. And I think on the beat source side, you don't necessarily need to be a, um, a singer or um, a rapper or you can be a DJ, right? And, and a good scratcher or a good tech top yeah. tables as we say so right. um that there is a lot of all of these differences we thought that it would be um we would make you know we couldn't have bit i don't think we can have a bit port and bit source community and say yeah it's an overall dj community but there are there are some key differences and we want to be uh you know the representatives and the, the specialist of, of representing with BitSource Open Format DJ and with BitPort the electronic uh, dance DJ. So when you start, of course, you have to, after a while, to decide where you want to go <laughs> if you take it to the electronic music side or to the BitSource side. But I will, what I would say is that we also see a lot of people who are cross over. Yeah. We know that there is, we estimate there is like 10 to 15% of people who can play on old post, post style, both style of DJing now. Yeah. And, uh, that's, uh, that's good as well. So really the bit source and bit points to really address the needs and of this DJ community, the specific, uh, specific needs of these communities and communicate to them and the nice with a nice messaging. I, that that's so interesting. That was very well put and all good insight into the differences and how everybody from the outside probably sees DJ, but they don't realize there's yeah. so many subtle differences and different, you know, even, I mean, no, we're both wearing a black shirt, but like you said, there, there's differences yeah, in yeah. their dress and everything. <laughs> um, and, and that is, I, I knew what you were saying, I guess that most of the, um, producers uh, most of the djs produce but i never realized that it was pretty much all of them like if you think about it are there any dance music djs that are big that don't have a song out i i can't i don't know if i can think of any i i can um i was trying to do to do that do you know any big electronic dance resident dj which is only a resident that means he plays in this club and he's known for i think there might be a few right who are just djs that's true but they i would say they have not so many i would have them on the on this hands or those these two hands yeah. might be less than 10 or 20 uh i can't name one now it I doesn't know. come to my I mind i can think right of away. some here like in las vegas but 
to me, they're still somewhat open format because I've seen them do a hip hop set. You know, like I've seen them like some of these, you know, I'll see the people that let's say they open for Tiesto and all these people every week. And so they play dance music sets, but it's very Las Vegas style. But I've also seen them on on a Sunday night open for Tyga, the rapper, you know, and, and do a hip hop set. So you're right. I don't even them. I, I don't know if there's um, people. I'm sure there are some out there. Please write in if you're listening. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah uh, exactly. because it's I, interesting. I'm, I'd love to talk to someone about that. But I think it is a natural progression for a dance music DJ to go into production. And it's it's. It's encouraged in our world and the beat source, you know, an open format world, but it's not as crucial. You know, you can just be a DJ. You can win the Red Bull three style and have never produced a track and still be touring the world. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas uh, on the electronic music side, yeah. I, d I can't even name one now. I know. I'm either. trying to sing. But <laughs> That's like a trivia question. <laughs> Even uh, even Carl Cox, he has some albums, right? Which yeah. I, I was singing, Carl, but no, Carl Cox has his own albums. He did some music as well. So yeah. now um, I think you also have DJ who um, hired ghost producer for sure right? because they don't even have that. They don't have time to put together the tracks, but it still gives a direction, the artistic yeah. direction. The ghost producer is okay producing. But I think they still have their input saying, yeah, I don't like this one. Put it a bit like that. Even if they don't do the job, it's still their artistic direction right. somehow. I wonder if they get a bonus if they get the top uh, song on Beatport because they can raise the booking fee. <laughs> the ghost producer <laughs> bonus check. <laughs> um, so, that yeah, that's so interesting. I mean... I wonder if as time goes on and as we share more and we can beat source people, you know, open format DJs can learn more about the uh, dance music world. If there's any ways we can learn from each other and help each other and the cultures can maybe come together in certain ways. Uh, I think it, uh, it would happen. Yeah. 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 Um, we would have uh, multifaceted DJs, uh, and we see more and more this this eclectic set, right? Where people play even electronic music, and then they move to more R&B stuff, and they go back. And um, yeah, I think uh, with the technology, it's easier and easier to put these kind of sets uh, together. Yeah, definitely. I know when I was starting out on vinyl, and I wanted to be a drum and bass DJ, but also play hip hop music and also play samples and dj 80s parties and it was so hard i'm trying to buy all the records and eventually i had to just pick one or two things because i didn't have enough money to buy all the music it was so crazy but now you can really do anything and i mean like you know being a resident in vegas you have to do that play okay these people are here this client they want this so play deep house for two hours you know or so you really have to be versatile and be able to do all the different styles. And I love DJing and the art of DJing. So I'd rather approach it with the right way, you know, and DJ it the right way rather than try to ruin it <laughs> in a way. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's so interesting. And so, so what is your um, exact role at Beatport? 
Uh, so at Bitport, I uh, joined Bitport back in 2015. I spent three years at Native Instruments. And uh, I joined uh, for being uh, head of curation. So it's oh. the team selecting the music. And then I also, um, it's still the left and right brain story. Yeah. And I also had the business intelligence department. So I oh, would wow. confirm the trends. So you would have the feeling of the curator and then helping them with, uh, with data, right. To back kind of make sure that their choice were valid and that the community, because for me, each curator is a community manager. So the German based curator is appealing to his audience on his German based page on, on, on Bitport, for example. So each of these curators, they have these 360 views where they know by instinct after a few months, they know which track to put because they know which one's going to sell because we have the data as well back backing, uh, you know, making sure that what they put up is, is working or not. So they tune over time. And that's why when you have long time uh, runner, a curator, they can directly say what's going to work or not. It's like immediate. They, they know. Um, and so I started like that. And then because I had the product background from native instrument and in my prior job, I also uh, took more responsibility uh, making the product development. So working on link hype and all the products we have released at Bitport. And so nowadays I oversee the, the Bitport uh, brand, uh, developing it, uh, adding product. We have label management, digital marketing. So all of this subdivision of Bitport. So making sure to develop the store still, because as we have seen, download is still very relevant and uh, uh, finish, complete the link ecosystem. Yeah. So uh, we, have, uh, we have the full ring of products. Uh, for the future. And then on the hype side, we also are developing uh, a supplier tools for suppliers. So we want to provide uh, artists and label dashboards so people can monitor their stats, see how it's doing on Bitport. Um, and yeah, develop their business because something which is might be also different from BitSource uh, with the Bitport customer is generally, uh, a, I would say, a lot of people who are purchasing tracks are also producer or label owner. It's a one man show right. or one woman show yes. uh, all around, right? Uh, big labels on Bitport don't have so many stuff. It's not, they don't have 20 people working. It's a few people, right? Yeah. Uh, putting out music and working their ass off every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Wait, and so what exactly is Beatport hype? Ah, Bitport Hype is our program. I would call it accelerator or incubator program uh-huh. for small labels, mid-sized label. Oh. And why we created it? Because we realized that we were always featuring the biggest one because we didn't have enough real estate available on the website. Mm. So what we did is we created the Hype Top 100 and the Hype section below the big boys uh, of the of the, of the drum and bass, for example, or of techno. But uh, by hiding hype, if you have a new label, you can uh, onboard on the hype service. It's a tenor a month. And then you get to chart within the hype genre. And every week, our curator will check what's trending in hype. 
and pick two of these releases and put them next to the big ones. So it's your chance to start to chime. And since we launched the product back in, back in 2018, so it's three years now, we have seen many, many success stories of label which have grown thanks to Bitport and now becomes one of the biggest label on, on Bitport oh. because they are featured. We give them the chance to be featured with uh, the drum chord, the spinning record of this world, right? So uh, it's, I call it incubator or accelerator program. It's, it's a platform. If you are serious about your label and want to grow it, I recommend to get there. You're going to start to, you need the wireless units to sh- start to chart on the bit top 100 and to be noticed. And then oh, um, if you put music regularly, yeah, you're going to be picked up and the, the ch- your chance is to be featured next to the, the big labels. And uh, then people start to know you, right? Because you are part of this, uh, the top, the top of the, of the range, right? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so cool. Top of the iceberg. Right, right. That's such a good idea. And when you, and so the users aren't paying monthly, the labels are paying to be part of the program. Is that what it is? Yeah, the, the labels are paying a 10 months right. and the customer has access to the top 100. So if you go on Bitport, you have the top 100 techno and below that, the top 100 hype. And that's where a lot of people are finding stuff which is new and is not necessarily with big marketing budget behind it. Yeah, I mean, for a tenor, you can get into this chart. So you have people who are serious about the music they, they put out and uh, trying to push their label. And, um, yeah, it's working pretty well. It's, it's a really, uh, it's a good mechanism because it allows us to support the, la- the goods and the label we see who have potential. We can right away identify them and create a relationship from day one until, uh, they become big. Like, I mean, spinning records, uh, started to be big on, on Bitport and then now they are big everywhere. Right. So these labels, we kind of accompany them. Uh, towards the, yeah. the becoming a, a huge labor, a huge recognized labor. Oh, now, I mean, now uh, they're the huge. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Okay, that's so interesting. I didn't totally understand it, even though I'm part of the company. I, I was reading about it, but the way you explained it, now I, I totally get it. That's so cool. Um, and what about Loop Masters and Plugin Boutique? You mentioned it before, and you mentioned that those were acquired by Beatport, and now they're part of your company, and they play a role, obviously, in the connection of um, a lot of dance producers and just DJs as a whole being producers. What do those do exactly, and how can they be used in conjunction with Beatport and BeatSource? So the Loopmaster proposes a service which is uh, in many points similar to Loop Cloud uh, to Link. It's called Loop Cloud, sorry. Okay. Uh, and Loop and Loop Cloud offer uh, samples via a cloud service. So instead of like Link, you get the music from the cloud and you can play it within the software. Yeah. Loop Cloud, you can get the samples from the cloud and then play it, play them into Ableton. And when you like a sample, you download it. Okay. And you use it in your tracks and it works with credit. So you have maybe depending on your plan, you have 100 credits a month or 300 credits a month. Right. And you select the one you want and the, all the samples you take and put in your tracks, you download them and you use two or three credits depending on the sample. And then you can use it. It's royalty free. So um, to my earlier point, we see that a lot of DJ wants to produce. 
and a lot of producer wants to put out music on Beatport. So it was kind of, uh, it's, it's kind of a natural fit between our two companies. Right. And then you have plugin boutique and plugin boutique. It's to create the sound from scratch. So not using samples, which have been already compressed for a kick base, right. Or which have already been pre- properly prepared. You can start from scratch, design your own sound and then use loop cloud, add a few samples. If you don't know how to sing or, you know, right. So you have the right samples and yeah. put a song together. And then this song, you release it on Beatport or BitSource. And then you play it with Link. People play it with Link. And then you uh, play your performance. This DJ played their performance on Twitch and YouTube. And it's kind of this 360 or I would say a virtuous cycle of having the possibility with uh, the addition of Loop Cloud, Plugin Boutique, Bitport and BitSource, our main four brands, to be a unique platform where we cover all the supply chain of the music. Yeah. So in the future, we could uh, have, if you have a producer, you could mm-hmm. become a DJ. If you have an open format DJ, you could end up producing with Loop Cloud. Yeah. We really want to offer, I, I think we could call it Bitport Prime or BitSource Prime, right? Where you have all the service for music available in one subscription. Yeah. So for us, that's a, that's a long-term vision. Uh, for the moment, we are really developing the product so they are really have all the feature set in each of their category and then i believe we would uh start to create a, a one pa- a one platform when you would access a different layer of service depending on your subscription oh that's that's, that's a that's big plan great. yeah moving forward great plan <laughs> i would definitely sign up for that <laughs> even if i wasn't part of it <laughs> Like that sounds amazing. And plug-in boutique, just to clarify, so I, I understand how Loop Masters totally works now, but plug-in boutique, are you able to buy the plugins or are you renting them to use them in your tracks? So currently you can buy them and plug-in boutique, it's you have boutique in the name. And you have boutique because all of these manufacturers are not necessarily the biggest manufacturer of the world. Oh, I see. Uh, there is a lot of plugins which are small, uh, one, again, a one-man show, a one-woman show, yeah. trying to put together a small plugin, and they don't have a platform to sell it. And plugin boutique is offering them this audience because they have the traffic, oh, and I they see. can bundle their plugin within other big brands and making the most out of them. So for all these small manufacturer i think they have like uh, more than 300 manufacturers on on represented on plugin boutique right and so if you are a producer you want to find a certain plugin you can find it there and you make the manufacturers happy because they don't have to take care of the marketing uh, plugin boutiques can sell units for them so see plugin boutique as um, yeah kind of amazon where you can find all type of plugin yeah, it's like at, a, it's like a uh, curated at, store to show you because it's so hard to find the plugin that you need. So they're creating, it's like a store you love that you know they have good taste in the things that you need and able to easily find them because there's so many. Like I watched this guy, um, Decap. He's a producer. Um, he he goes on Twitch, on Instagram, and everything, and he makes sample packs and sells them. But he does these um, TikToks and reels and little videos about a plugin, I think almost every day. And he says, This is my secret plugin to create lo fi sound, to create this, to create that. 
every day I'm writing down something he says because I would never know. It's so hard to search through everything. So it's almost like it's like that where you have somebody you trust that's telling you, that's showing you um, that and you're able to just easily purchase it from them. And then it helps the companies because I'm sure when he puts something on his Instagram, then they probably sell a lot. And when they put, when you put it on Plug yeah. Boutique, they sell way more. So, oh, that's, that's exactly. really cool. It's uh, and currently Plugin Boutique is a one-time purchase. So you purchase it and you own the plugin uh, forever. Oh, okay. So, so you find the, pl- it's just a, it's a store. Like you said, it's an Amazon to be able yeah. to find, I mean, um, ish, you know, it's, it's its own store to be able to find the plugins and you can purchase them and then just have them exactly the same way. Like, like, like you said, serum, I think that's made by one person and it became such a huge plugin everybody yeah. used. But when you email support, it's Steve, you know, and he's like, Hey, it's just me, you know, (laughs) and I'm like, you invented it. He's like, yeah, I'm just telling, this is how you, how you fix it. You know? So like you said, some of these plugins, it may seem like a huge company. It's just one person sitting in their room or their office and just doing it. Yeah. It's really, uh, you have to be a really good developer and sound, uh, processing engineer or designer to put together this plugin. But uh, if you dig plugin boutique, you can really find some, uh, some gems there. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. I need to go, I need to go dig through there <laughs> this weekend. So I know Beatport and BeatSource and, you know, Beatport has always been a very forward thinking company um, with all of the things you're doing and the acquiring and even, Honestly, getting a chance to listen to you speak and hear your thoughts and a peek inside of your brain gives me like more insight into how forward thinking everything is with the like intelligent warping and the prime with all the service. I mean, it like that's so exciting. And something else I noticed um, that has been getting big in the world and that you guys are part of is, you know, obviously cryptocurrency and all of that stuff, but NFTs. Um, which plays into the fact that you guys have been selling digital items forever. You know, Um, even back in the day, I think when you guys sold initially very long time ago, it was protected files probably before everything was just open. And so I noticed um, I listened in on a clubhouse with uh, the CEO, Rob, um, talk about um, your guys' partnership, I think it was with Crypto.com and the NFTs that you guys were putting out, which was so interesting, and potentially that you guys were accepting Bitcoin or certain types of cryptocurrency for payments for certain things. Um, can you talk about that a bit? Yeah, of course, of course. So on the, the crypto side of things, uh, we're going to accept Bitcoin and all the major cryptocurrency. We are working on implementing that on Bitport. Wow. And the way it would work is that you will purchase credit because, of course, we're not going to play with fraction and fraction of Bitcoin to buy a truck. <laughs> right. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we also want to limit the risk in terms of, you know, that the cryptocurrencies are fluctuating uh, uh, like on a, on a daily basis. Yes. So when we would collect the Bitcoin or the fraction of the Ether, uh, it would give the users access to, let's say, $100 credit that you can then spend on the, on the store. That's how we're oh, going to okay. make it work. And so 
but it also shows how committed committed we have we are to new technology and the future of uh, the NFT. Uh, so NFT for us is really um, I would I would say that maybe uh, you had vinyl, you had MP3, you had streaming, and now you have NFT yes. as a, as the next revolution. Right. Um, and so that would be the third revolution in the digital space, right? MP3, digital, fine, downloading file, streaming files, and then having NFT. But the NFT, I think, is way better for an artist or a label. Uh, because the system is uh, set up in a way that every time this track, right, because you buy the NFT is a token which is certifying that you are the owner of the track. So to compare that to uh, the real physical war, is like if you have a masterpiece of uh, uh, Da Vinci, La Joconde, mm-hmm. uh, then La Joconde, there is copy of that, right, that's some people have in their living room, but there is only one certified masterpiece, which is uh, at the Louvre in France. Right. And so it's the same with NFT. The artist grants you the rights for a limited number of uh, pieces of his, of his video, of his sound. But the beauty of that is that after the initial sales, the artist is taking a share every time his uh, art piece is sold digitally, right? So you have set up between 10, 20%, you can set it up as you want. And as the value goes up of uh, a video with music, I said generally the NFT these days is really, uh, I'm really happy for the all the people who are video, v, VJ, DJ, and creating this animation because now they can finally sell it. How would you buy that uh, in the real world, right? You're going to yeah. take the TV uh, with, with the files. It doesn't really work. So now it's really tailored for that. And uh, the beauty of it is that compared to a masterpiece you or an art piece you would buy at a gallery, right? The artist just touched the first on the first transaction to touch some royalty, right? Mm-hmm. Get his share. And then Whereas the pieces as 10 times or 100 times the value, it doesn't collect any more, any money on the transaction. Right. With the NFT, every time this piece, art piece is going to be sold, it would collect 10, 20% of the value. So it makes for the artist a kind of passive income and making sure that they get constant revenue of their art. And I really, I think it's, it's a fantastic concept. Because uh, it's like having a back catalog, but uh, a back catalog which every time is this piece is resold, you collect the value, and if your value goes up over time, then uh, you it's it's income uh, coming regularly. Um, so I think this way to distribute the music, to sell the music or the video plus the music, right, is is uh, has a lot of. It's very promising, promising for for the future of uh, artists and labels in general. Because currently, with the streaming, we know that we all have seen you need one million plays to do this amount of money because the rate per plays is so low uh, that it's difficult. Which is, by the way, not the case on Bitport Link or Bitsource Link. Bitport has been always known to remunerate 
the artists and the labels um, in a very fair uh, way. And that's why labels stick with us because they see on their royalty or their statements, you see the beatport chair. And generally, even if it's only DJs and it's only it's way less unique that the number of streams of plays uh, on the other platform, it's still a decent revenue, which is coming from Bitport and BitSource uh, on, on the statement. So um, that's why we, we also want to explore that because it's very important for Bitport. We know that we are this platform which make the bond between the DJ community and all the labels and artists. And we would make sure with the NFT, we have a chance to make the life of the supplier of the content creator even, uh, even better. Uh, we all heard of people complaining that uh, they don't get any money. Right. Honestly, when you are a small producer and you are always on an artist, uh, on a electronic music labels, how many of us have seen the royalties coming back? Yeah. The labels is, will generally tell you, oh, you know, we didn't sell so many units. Uh, it would be worth $5. So you know what? L- Give us another release, right? And we will see later for the royalties. But very few of us see see the royalties coming back unless you have a hit. Yeah. Um, so we hope that the the NFT is is a way, yeah, for for the creator, the content creators, and also the collector uh, to um, to uh, generate a, a decent income in the future. That is so cool. So interesting. I feel like there's so much information in there. It's like hard to in, in, unpack it and <laughs> oh, take yeah. it all in. It, but it's so interesting. I mean, just from the beginning of what you said, um, the idea to accept the cryptocurrency but use the credit system, I think, is good because, like you said, it fluctuates. And if you're going to accept different cryptocurrencies, whether it's Ethereum or Bitcoin or a smaller random one or Dogecoin or some random thing, you know, it's going to go crazy. You could go to sleep and wake up and it could be worth half in the morning. So, So what would happen would be that you would purchase it with whatever, you would purchase 100 credits at whatever it was worth at right the time the and you'd have it. And if it yeah, dropped exactly. or went up or down and by the next day, it doesn't matter because you have your hundred credits that you bought with whatever your cryptocurrency was worth at that time. Exactly. That's, exactly. So, that's a good idea. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's also limiting the risk for us. We don't really want to play with that. So right. it's, it's a way uh, to, to make these steps uh, towards uh, the NFT as well, because uh, NFT are, are based on blockchain. Even if on crypto.com, the four NFT, we have released, I don't think it was four NFT, it was six NFTs, and they are, it was a compilation. Yeah. So we did a, a first of its kind NFT compilation from different artists. And you could purchase the crypto with a credit card as well, right? So you didn't have to uh, own some Ether or some Bitcoin right. uh, to, to own some of them. And then what we did uh, is our NFT, so you had Panpod, Voice Noise, uh, Zasha, and they would in the NFT, you would get another NFT of a, an artist they want to support, mm-hmm. which is way less known. But the the um, philosophy behind that is that, okay, you purchase one NFT, you get two, mm-hmm. you get the tracks, 
but also maybe one of these artists which is not so well known now maybe in a few years from now it would be uh, worth if his career is taking off you would be one of the f- of the few having the first nft of this guy right so it's also something that uh we we wanted to to promote and still in the you know we talk about hype about supporting new artists and so on so that's also we also have in our mind that we want to push carry off new talents or people who are yet unknown but have something to show to the world so um that was also the reasoning behind this uh, nft drop we did and we we're gonna continue to uh, be at the forefront of uh, the nft uh, and we are planning to do uh, certainly other experiments understand better how all of that work and what we can do what is the potential behind it um but that's something that uh, you know we have been at the forefront of uh digital selling digital uh, file and mp3 at the forefront of streaming for djs and bitport will be at the forefront of the nft this new way to consume and purchase and collect music um in the future we we have to be there as well for the for the community that's so cool. And it's just the, the way that, like you said, the ecosystem, everything is getting more and more connected. The DJs are going to be more connected to the artists by playing their music and helping to support them. Hopefully the artists will want to be more connected to the DJs because they know that they'll be benefiting from, you know, being having a relationship with them and getting more plays. Artists that are super fans will want to buy an NFT and support the artist. And then as they sell it and have their own ecosystem around the fans, the artist will still benefit while the fans will benefit and everybody will be happy and they'll feel this more of a connection to each other and a long-term relationship. I think you, you sum it up perfectly. Uh, everybody it's what, what's it's really interesting with that is that everybody can win. Yeah. And uh, if, I love it. If every if everybody can win in the supply chain of the music, then uh, then uh, that's that that's a dream because currently we know that uh, content creator, except the top ones, right? But there is a lot yeah. of people who are struggling, yeah. and so that would that would be um, a good response or a good solution, and that's why we we we're really keen on exploring that uh, further and see what we can do. Uh, for the DJs and producer out there with that. Yeah, I think it's so cool. I mean, it's a, I think it, it got very hyped up and then it slowed down a little bit. And so people go, oh, it's dead. I, said, I don't not think it's dead. I think it's just the beginning. It's just the the spark, you know, and the spark made a flame and then the flame went down a little. And then now it's eventually the creative people that understand it and the business people and the create and the artists will come together to really build long-term projects around all of this. And it can become part of our world in the same way that streaming has become part of it. It can be another thing that we all do. And it's not just a, a something we, a fad or something people jump on for six months. I think it could be a long-term thing. Uh, yeah, I think we, we talk about NFT and uh, how blockchain could solve the, the music distribution yes. uh, since years already. And it's going to go by, by web. We're gonna, it's going to be quiet for the next month and you can be sure when the crypto goes up again that the NFT is going to follow because totally. it's based on blockchain. 
For sure. And in this first small burst we had, because it was very short, right? It was uh, in April mm-hmm. this year. In April this year, um, you know, this you have these people with a lot of money and who own a lot of currency, which I think were like investing into that to make the world aware of the potential of it. And that in the second wave we will see more people buying, which don't have so many blockchain. But you know, it's kind of I think you're right as the first step of the democratization. Yes, you didn't have so many people who can afford to pay one million for an NFT, right? Of course. So that's certainly people who own a lot of of bitcoins and ether. But in the next wave, people are more aware of it, and we're gonna see the price going down a bit and uh, kind of the market expanding and so on as. As we we're gonna have several waves there uh, until it's uh, it's a, something that comes and is used uh, uh, everywhere and understood by everybody because a lot of people don't know yeah. what is that about, right? What is NFT? So that's why I was trying to explain it in a very simple way. And I think making the parallel with the real world is always helping to see how okay, can now I get it. Yes, I get it because online you can track the sales thanks to the blockchain. There is no trace of transaction. Everything is anonymous and you can use that to always collect a fee on every transaction, right. which is impossible in the real world or very complicated to put, uh, to put out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And that's a good point that the people that had a lot of money would pay, okay, $8 million, $11 million for Blau album, you know, but in a way, they were part of the community that were trying to show how this is going to be. Not everybody's going to sell their album for $11 million, but um, that sparks it. And then, you know, people that don't have as much can do it. And also the fact that it's a somewhat of a worldwide currency. I think that some people that are in cryptocurrency don't want to spend normal money, you know, the money from their country. They only want to spend the money they have in Ether or Bitcoin. So you're going to get people that will spend a lot of money only on that because that's what they're spending it from, their digital wallet. Um, and that's something people don't understand too, but they're starting to with like how they go, oh, I have my phone and I do, you know, Apple Pay and I have a wallet inside my phone, but then they don't understand the cryptocurrency wallet. But I feel like they're one step away from seeing how it will all yeah. come together. That's- right, right. It's, it's uh, you know, a, a few years ago, I was wondering what would be next after, after streaming. Yeah. And there it is. Yes. It's already there. I know. I mean, it's all... I would have never imagined that. Right. I, I Same. I remember being learning and getting so into cryptocurrency in like 2017 probably and not thinking about all of these parts of it, you know, with the NFTs, the connection with the artist and even the social tokens, how a lot of these artists have their own money or their own token. And it's another way for the fan to be part of it. Or if you want to be part of a special group or a special discord. And so you have to own, let's say 50 of the token of that group. And then you get access to other people that think just like you or think different than you, but that you get along with and you get to all share things, but you know, you've all paid to be part of this special group. I mean, there's so many things and and an artist could have their own fan club, but then the people could benefit from it by owning the token. And I mean, we could talk forever probably about it, (laughs) but, um, 
Yeah, so interesting. There, 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 yeah, there is a lot of speculation, but there is also a lot of potential. So yeah. don't let's not be um, you know be like blind like because we heard about million NFT selling for millions. There is also a real, I think, a real use case for day to day. Uh, application or yes. day-to-day or, or meet small-sized artists as well. Yeah, and, it, and it's a cool way for music artists and visual artists to work together. Like you said, usually it was like, can you design my album cover? Here's money. Now it's like you can do projects together, sell them, make money, you know, collaborate, be a team. Who knows? Go on tour, have the artists come and do your visuals, you know, at the show. It could. Who knows what yeah, will happen yeah, yeah. in the future? It's a new version of uh, collecting clips, right? Yeah. We do clips in a, in a new way and you can have the certi- the certification that it's you have the original one. Yeah. Uh, that the artist has given you the rights to yes. uh, to use and to resell. So interesting. I mean, we've covered so much and honestly, you're so interesting like I feel like I could talk to you forever about all of this stuff because you're, you're like so smart, but you're so into music. So you like cover all the, it's, you know, all the bases. Like, I feel like we could talk forever, but I don't want to keep you here. But um, are there any other things you think we should talk about in regards to Beat Porter, Beat Source that you want to make sure people learn about? Yeah, I want to say that uh, look forward to our um, Tractor Pro integration, our official integration uh, with Link, with Bitport and BitSource Link next week. Uh, it's going to drop on Monday, so obviously uh, maybe the podcast won't be live by this time, but uh, I recommend you to, to check it out for Tractor users definitively. Okay. And uh, for the others, um, you know, I've worked at Tractor, so uh, I think Tractor is worth a try. Uh, in terms of what it can do, you also have this um, this stems format, which uh, yeah. nowadays you have that with the neural mix on algorithm and virtual DJ softwares. Right. But Tractor had that in the past as a stem files. Yeah. Um, and we design controller also and specifically specifically made for that. So uh, it's it's a software which has a, a lot of uh, potential and for the electronic dance music community it's a big one because uh, i can tell you that a lot of beatport customers are tractor users hardcore tractor users and were really waiting for that and if you would have asked me two years ago when we launched beatport link with which software we should start i would have said with no hesitation yeah let's start with tractor it happened that tractor you know they had to go through um, limited resources and, uh, you know, um, kind of not having enough developers, yeah. the tractor is an old software. It's like 14 years old or even more than that nowadays. So they have a lot of things where people have coded and they don't even have those people on board anymore because it's a pile, a huge pile of code. So right. it was not easy to, to put it together, but somehow we succeeded to, and uh, unlock the uh, resources to make that happen. So, yeah, check it out. That's that's link, and then we have the mobile app, and uh, yeah, we will keep in touch. Uh, Spider, Digi Spider, for the next uh, the next uh, exciting products we are lining up. 
Um, yeah, please keep me posted too, so I can let the people know on the podcast like right away. I try to always stay on top of it, but I've even learned so much today talking to you about it. Um, and and you know, we, we barely mentioned that besides being such an amazing uh, figure in the music industry at Beatport and your past work at Tractor, you're a DJ and producer yourself. Um, and go by ROM 303, 303. And, um, you know, there, you've done so much. You have your own record label. You throw parties. You DJ. I've, you do live streams. I see you on Beatport's live streams um, on the link and all uh, the link up and all that stuff. Um, one question to the DJ part is what is your preferred? DJ equipment, do you still like to use Tractor when you go DJ? Are you on Pioneer? Are you on something else? So when when I play uh, outside of my uh, house, right, on a, on a gig, I, yeah. I will go, because it's easier, I will go with the CDJ uh, for sure. And then uh, at home, I have uh, my two techniques, so I have those vinyls, and I still have this S8 because it's a, uh, a central piece you can do production with it as well so i'm oh. i tend to connect some synthesizer to it and have a kind of hybrid setup where i could play um with tractor or even with the dj web app right a bit for dj web app get it connected to the s8 and then add a synth uh, add a, oh. um a mc mc 303 so the name rom 303 it's because i have this old groove box yeah. the roland mc 303 and i'm still using it from time to time and then you sync up you can all of that can go in sync and you kind of uh, are doing a, a jam there so my That's setup cool. at home is way more elaborated but when i'm performing i don't bring all of that with right. me right. obviously oh that's great. so um yeah, that's that's really what uh, Rom Three Three is, is a very versatile DJ. I would say I, I'm uh, equipment agnostic. I can play on on anything given my background and uh, since how many years I'm playing. And uh, I also have this uh, label Volute Records, which I founded with uh, uh, Von Veril, which is a, a friend of mine and. Uh, we released uh, artists such as, uh, we were the first to release artists like Kyle Van, Van Dongen, which is now dominating the raw techno chart on Beatport. So it's one of the person is from South Africa, is uh, from Johannesburg, now he's in London, but which wow. we kind of put on the map and we, we were like, oh, this guy is really amazing. Let's let's release his music. And now it's, it's really nice to see him uh, going so high in the chart and having uh, releasing on truncate and all this uh, uh, nice label. So that's that's something I'm I'm really enjoying to see this artist growing. Um, and then yes, we I have the concept uh, rewind concept which I founded in Brussels and now is also uh, active on uh, in Berlin. We do some opener from time to time. We have less frequency, you know, we're doing that less frequently than before. Right. Because of yeah, most of uh, my friends got kids and family and uh, yes. uh, important things to, to take care of. So, but from time to time and when the live events restart, we, 
we're going to continue to throw some massive events. We'd like to make them big, right? And we don't go for a 50 or 100 people events. It's really like when we do it, we want to do it properly. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool, man. You are so busy. You do everything. I don't know how you keep up with it. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. That you should ask to my partner. She's sometimes yeah, like, yeah, when do you stop? Maybe, uh, you know, She's like, doing your we, stuff. We can maybe can we watch a movie or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> stop looking at the computer. <laughs> um, that's so funny. Um, so, and before we get out of here, um, Styles Davis actually uh, wrote me a question to ask you, which I'm wondering too. Why are French DJs so badass? That's what he said. <laughs> oh, that's nice of him. Uh, I think it's really, you know, with Seron, uh, Daft Punk, all of Laurent yeah. Garnier, all of these DJ. I think something that characterizes them is um, this understanding of the melody somehow there is a certain way to put the melody which uh, make it very uh, hooky and something that you will remember yeah. and i think what define them is they have succeeded to have this it's it's really present in the french house and uh, you know uh, artists like air as well yeah. uh, which have succeeded to really have this a very very catchy melody and a rhythm which makes you you remember the tracks um and i think that's that's this understanding and maybe it's due to the culture our culture you know our old european french culture which it comes from from that as well so yeah, but um, I appreciate the. <laughs> I agree with them. I mean, there's the, something the uh, something in the wine or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, certainly the wine, the cheese. You know, French people like to smoke as well. Uh, so yeah, there is something vapors about the life, and that life should be beautiful and should be full of uh, a bit of romanticism as well. I, I think what characterizes the the tracks are that there is this these feelings, right? And you can identify yourself to, uh, to what we mentioned earlier. It's tracks that you remember because they have uh, a certain romanticism or a certain, they transmit a feeling and that's, that's what uh, makes them so special. But come on, the other countries, Americans, uh, UK artists, uh, they are German artists. They are also extremely good. Of course, uh, honestly. of course. So, yes. Everybody is well represented there. <laughs> that is true. Um, <laughs> but you're right. That's interesting. You know, something about, yeah, life Life should be beautiful. French people are very, um, they like to enjoy life and make sure that's part of it, you know, and all the parts of it and not hold back and, and the romantic aspect of it. I never thought about that going into the dance music, but you're right. It does play a part of it. It does help evoke a feeling inside of you and that makes you remember it. And it's just like you said in the very beginning of the interview, music connects you to moments forever. It, it, it is, it's almost like a bookmark. Like when you're reading a book and you put that and you have yeah. to remember where you are, like these songs connect you to 
moments in time, in life, to people, to places. You remember the first place you heard a song. You remember the first person that played you the song. You were all of that. It's so interesting. It's like music is somehow connected to our timeline in some way. And that's our way of marking where we are in our life for our whole life and how old we are. And like, it's so interesting that, that that's the one thing as DJs, like we can remember the BPM of every song ever. Right. Like there, I, if you tell me a song, I know the BPM right away. If I know the song, I'll never forget, but I forget everything else, (laughs) but I can always remember (laughs) that kind of stuff. I don't know why it's like, it sticks to it. It's crazy. I think we, we all have a story that, which has to do with, uh, with music. I think I remember uh, yeah, the first time I heard Daft Punk, uh, I was pretty young, but I remember this moment because when you have this, you found a track, it's like a, a slap in the face. You're like, yeah. oh, that's so great. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> really nice. And we want to listen again and again. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's... it's it's what uh, I think um, makes uh, everybody comes together. Did you ever meet somebody who doesn't like music? I never met this person. No. So I think it's born all of us in this experience, uh, and music talk to everybody. So it's true. On that note, we could we could end this session. It's perfect. That's, perfect. I think that's perfect. Perfect ending. Music connects the whole world, and um, I, I agree. That's why you know Beatport and BeatSource help to connect us all and help the DJs connect us all too. And we've seen it through the pandemic with the live streaming. And um, yeah, oh my God. Well, thank you. So, so much fun talking to you and insightful and interesting. And I, I feel a little bit smarter <laughs> from learning about everything. <laughs> Thanks for having me, uh, Spider. I really enjoyed the, the conversation. And uh, maybe in a few months from now or in a, in a year, we could uh, have this, uh, this session again and kind yes. of make the point of where we left and what happened in the time between. Maybe to. there will be something new, which is even better than NFT. Uh, the I world know. is so innovative and um, and coming with so much idea that uh, and Bitboard, BitSource being at the forefront there. Uh, I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to to the next uh, years. Uh, I don't feel I'm getting old. It's getting more and more exciting somehow. Yes, so I agree. I'm super, I agree. Yeah, Super you need content. to be a you need to be a resident guest every few <laughs> every quarter. <laughs> tell me, update me on what's happening with music technology and stuff. Um, yeah, well, thank you so much again for coming on the show, and uh, I can't wait to talk to you again in a few months. And hopefully, everything continues to open up where you are, and maybe one day we'll all be in the same room together. And uh, yeah, hopefully. it was great meeting you like virtually and uh, talking like this. And hopefully I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. And maybe the next one we talk in, in person, right? That would we be are in great. Person in the same studio. Yes. If you make <laughs> it to Los Angeles, we come to BeatSource or I'll come out to Berlin. And uh, I haven't been there for so long. So I'd love to come out there and I'll bring a microphone and talk to you. <laughs> Very soon, hopefully. Thank you, DJ Spider. Bye-bye. Yeah, okay, bye. Bye, See you soon. Thank you. That was so much fun. Thank you to Roman for coming on the show and blessing us with all of that knowledge. Like I said, I felt like it could have gone on forever, and I enjoyed getting to know him and learning about all this stuff. 
keep in touch with me at DJ Spider on Instagram, DJ S P I D E R. Let me know any people you want to hear on the show and anything I could talk about to help you guys. Please rate and review us in the Apple Podcast app. It only takes a second. helps us out a lot. Uh, the 20 Podcast is brought to you by BeatSource and is produced by BeatSource. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.